Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Front Back Sight to Sight, a podcast produced and hosted by Luminos Labs. Today, we have a really exciting guest on. His name is Chris Mead. He is the co-founder of CrossNet. Now, if you haven't heard of CrossNet, then you're in for a treat. It's the world's first four-way volleyball net. In today's episode, we talk about tracking ROI, social media marketing struggles, and how to overcome them through some hacks, and why being cohesive across your branding is so important. Chris brings so much amazing energy, and you can truly feel his passion through his words. So with that, let's get right into today's episode. Well, here we are. We're back today with Front Back Site to Site podcast. We are really excited to have guest Chris Mead with us. Chris is co-founder of CrossNet, um, as well as CMO, Forbes 30 Under 30 in sports. Um, been taken off like a rocket ship, so we're really ha- uh, excited to have you here today, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Gus. No doubt. And so, you know, CrossNet's been taken off really fast, growing in a lot of different directions. Um, from, you know, starting the company backyard in Connecticut, growing it out. You guys obviously have distribution centers popping up. Um, headquarters in Miami. What's been a big adjustment for you as the CMO um, on a marketing front as you continue to scale? Um, just continue to make those adjustments. Yeah. So for those that don't know, CrossNet's the world's first four-way volleyball game. Uh, we invented it four years ago, bootstrapped it, and uh, we were first DDC only. And then we got into retail. Our first account was Shields, which is like a Midwest store, 35 locations. And then over the last 18 months, we've gotten into over 3,500 locations. Um, so it's a huge focus from D2C only now to brand uh, because it's a $150 product, right? So I don't know about you guys, but the last time you walked into a store and just blindly spent $150 on something that wasn't a TV, like you probably never done it. So there's a lot of education that comes top of funnel uh, to help the product move at the eventual retail stores. So as a marketer, We've shifted our focus a lot from just direct consumer, come buy on my Shopify site to why should somebody buy on Amazon versus why should somebody buy on my site versus why should somebody buy at retail? Uh, So it's kind of thinking about all those channels separately, but the cash in the door versus cash out the door obviously needs to be profitable. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely got to be an adjustment. And with that in-store marketing, is there much that you guys have been uh, trying to push with that, you know, whether that be events you guys are doing, um, you know, just getting the brand more awareness. Is that yeah. something? It's, it's little, it's little things. I mean, we're, we're still a, a bootstrap self-funded business. Like we don't have those Procter and Gamble relationships with the buyers that those huge fortune 500s do. So like getting the time on a calendar at the buyers and marketers is still a challenge. Like we're great. I think we're a great brand. We're doing very well, but uh, <laughs> it's not like we have those text message relationships with the buyers yet because we're still young and, and barely established. Uh, so we take what we could get, whether that's placement in an email newsletter for Black Friday, whether in dealers we did a 22-foot poster or something like that. Like We'll take what we could get. Um, right. Some stores like Shields, we made pallet displays. So they're big pallets, uh, beautifully like shows crossing in all the images and then there's a four-way volleyball net on the top like a mini volleyball net so there's oh, that's awesome. there it's so cute because like the buyers are like all right we got these beautiful pallets now i gotta stock them up so then we get more sales from them so in short we'll take what we could get uh but in 2022 for planning it's like 
if 60% of our, re, uh, if 60% of our revenue is coming from retail, why are we not working more hand in hand with retail buyers than just worrying about Facebook and Snapchat ads? So it's maturing the company that way. Right. You gotta, you gotta have a change in perspective, continue to grow. You guys are super creative on that front though. I was even, uh, I saw recently a billboard you guys put up in Huntington beach and it's yeah. got the, got the digital play with the video on it. Super interactive, definitely a fun way for, I think, uh, especially in that demographic people to yeah. interact and like get a sense of, you know, the fun enjoyment that comes with being able to play CrossNet all day. Absolutely. I mean, that's also another challenge with the marketer. You do some cool billboards in Huntington and it's, it's dope to put on LinkedIn and get some likes, but did it actually move the needle or did I just like piss away money? So that's a, that's a fun challenge. Yeah. And what, what type of, you know, how are you guys measuring ROI on that? Is that pretty straightforward or is it kind of? <laughs> yeah, it's really fussy because there's no, there's no clear tracking method, right? Like you guys see a billboard and nine months from now you're in Dick's Sporting Goods and you're on your once a month well, like once a year annual vacation with your family. And now you remember, oh, CrossNet. Yeah, I may have saw it or may have not saw it on the billboard nine months ago. So there's no like direct attribution. Uh, what we do look for is store lift uh, within geos. We look for, is our cost per acquisition cheaper, more affordable on Facebook than it would be uh, in other comparing cities. And then we also look at like a trailing metric, like how have sales looked two months after we put the billboards in those cities and has, has our cost per acquisition gone down. So it's tough um, for a small lean team. So it's not like we have nerdy data scientists like running around to like measure this company. <laughs> kind of just do the best we can. Um, but like one like clear impact, right? We did billboards in Salt Lake City, dropped like 30 grand for a few months. And we got this big ass purchase order from a store we never knew. So like, you know, kind of broke comes around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what skills from your time working in sales for Uber and Contently were most beneficial to you when starting CrossNet? And have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Was that something that you always thought about? No, no. I mean, I was always broke. Like we were really broke growing up. So uh, it was always just like, what can we do to make money for like the month or the week to like pay the lights or pay the mortgage? And uh, this was just a dope idea. And we're like, if we didn't do it, somebody else was going to. And then, uh, yeah, the sales skills definitely paid off big time because I was literally 20, 23 years old in the room with like the CMOs of like Fortune 500 insurance companies. And they're like 75-year-old white hair ladies. And like, they're like <laughs> talking to me and I'm trying to pitch them on the value of content marketing. And it's just a bunch of shit. But I got in the room with people that should have never responded to me. And it was just being witty. It was a lot on LinkedIn, a lot with good emails and not being clickbaity, but not mm -hmm. like you guys know like you guys get so many emails too like you know within 0.1 seconds archive <laughs> so like finding a way to get around that wall uh and that's how i got all the buyers at like walmart at dick's dillard's all of them to respond was all on linkedin yeah that i wow. mean it it is crazy the one thing that i've been keeping in mind um kristen's bit of the marketing arm i'm the sales arm and with the business development stuff it's like i got one swipe of their, you know, their iPhone screen to see if they're going to click into the content I sent over. Otherwise it's into the archive, it's into the deleted mailbox. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with that too, it's so interesting having to, you know, interact and be in that place where you're 23 years old, 
you're working with people who are so experienced, so tenured. Um, I'm a big believer that the hungriest dogs run the fastest. So I'm sure that's been a lot of your perspective, but Mm -hmm. what was like most important within mentality that you just got yourself to, to be comfortable and be like, all right, like I'm here. I believe in my product. Like I'm ready to push this. Let's, let's rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy when you have a great product. Like when you truly believe what you're selling, um, it's, it's easy. Like I'm, I'm having so much fun doing this and nobody could look at me in the eyes and tell me my product's stupid. Like there's a place in the world for a cross net. And if you don't agree, like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it, it just makes sense, right? Like regardless if I invented it or not, like people look at a four-way volleyball net and they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like that is, that that works. So yeah oh yeah it's a blast i actually bought one lat or beginning of the summer and i was down oh, cool. on bradford beach in milwaukee and i just so <laughs> many people being like did you make that or what like what, what are you doing i'm like yeah, no yeah. it's just crossing it man you should look it up it's a blast and <laughs> it, it was funny because it was like listening to uh you know some of your talk on shopify prior just that you and your buddies were throwing it around with your friends like configuring this setup in the yard making the rules yeah. on the fly and you're like we were out there for hours and hours and I, as soon as I started playing, it was clear to me why you guys just got addicted and sucked in. And, and much to your point with the product, it just sells itself. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been buying different products where necessarily maybe from the market, the belief isn't always there, but when there's that undeniable value, it's like, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, it's easy to get behind and it's easy for people to see why you're so passionate about it. Yeah. And it's also serves as like a mini billboard, right? Like, when you're playing, people are either going to stop and stare and ask you questions, or at least they're, they're making an impression. Like, I don't know, I just got this candle like on my desk. Like, it's much harder to like sell this candle to 600 other people. But if I go set it up outside of my apartment, I'm getting that Miami traffic. I'm getting free impressions. Like, this candle stands no chance. So, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I didn't even think about that just in terms of like surface area it's taking up. It's yeah. it by itself, mm-hmm. it's attractive. It's, it's interesting. I mean, seeing a four square volleyball net isn't maybe the most fundamental thing for like us growing up. Like, you know, it was pretty flat facing in terms of the mm-hmm. four square game. But I kind of want to move forward here with like social media things that you guys do. You guys have been incredible with advancing the company, just over 94,000 followers on Instagram. You know, have you found yourself as you grow in the digital space, um, adjusting and changing a lot of your digital marketing tactics? You know, and if so, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah, uh, it's a good call out. Um, definitely shifting our mindset, not anything really crazy or mind blowing. Like TikTok is just the trend. Uh, you got to jump on it. Uh, growing on Instagram is so much tougher and everybody will say this than it was five years ago or even two yes. years ago. So like building on Instagram is just kind of a waste of time. And I feel like our, our marketing team historically has just put so much focus on Instagram when you can't even grow on that anymore, it's like, all right, let me move all my time and attention to TikTok, which is giving me the ROI and the love. Like we'd be morons not to do that. Sure, TikTok will probably change your algorithm when they want to start making more money and then it'll be right. the same shit as Instagram. But for now, let me take advantage of it um, and stop trying to build on a platform that's not rewarding us for the hard work we're putting in. Cause that's just stupid. You wouldn't talk, keep texting a girl if the girl wasn't in. Well, hopefully you wouldn't, but you don't, <laughs> you, you don't keep like going like after the same girl, like move on to the one that's showing you the love, right? Like it's the yeah. same concept. And then also moving into 2022, like less is more. Stop posting just for posting sake. 
Uh, we have so much content, which is amazing. It's not a good look for our brand if we're just posting shit just to get a few likes and get the get the engagement because overall it's hurting the brand more than it's helping the brand. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's something on our end too, where like mm -hmm. with reaching out and doing um, any outbound activity at all, whether it's, you know, marketing or, or sales, it's just like we're really trying to understand that niche with not only our clients, I've said this on other our other recordings, but our clients' clients, you know, what are their biggest problems at the end of the day or like for you probably, you know, how can I get them engaged with wanting to do this other activity? But it just continues to develop in the sense that you can't just like, you know, be stuck in a one dimensional place with your approach with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. No, you have to be strategic too. I feel like you can follow all these trends, but if it's not speaking to your audience, it's not going to do anything. They're yeah. not going to resonate with it. No, absolutely. I feel like this is kind of, you kind of answered this, but maybe you have like a different perspective formulated in this way. Um, what do you think is most important for digital marketers to consider when spreading awareness to growing your company? I think a lot of people don't, value uh like creative direction and, and branding and when you have when you're a small company and you're you're like one guy's job is facebook one job is instagram one job is email a lot of the time it's not a unified voice and i found for the longest time like for crossnet because we had different people in charge of different shit like it was just a completely different brand and so if you want to oh, like no. yeah yeah <laughs> it happens to everybody so having yeah. that one uniform voice like and how we talk and how we message in our color scheme and our branding like having that cohesively across the org, uh, when we kind of knocked that out of the park, like that's when we got a lot better and grew quicker. No, that makes so much sense. If people aren't aligned, how are you all supposed to know what you're putting out there on the same, on different platforms? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's where like communication is so important across. I mean, it, the internal, the way you communicate internally to your employees is just as important as the way you're externally communicating to your potential customers. It's It's yeah. got to be aligned. It has to be buttoned up. If you guys are wasting time doing the wrong things, it's not going to push in the direction to where you guys want to go. And, you know, you talked a little bit about that direction and, and being that TikTok is the most important for you guys to take advantage of. Um, in terms of like utilizing TikTok, how do you keep up with those trends? What do you do to stay on top of those trends? And when you're evolving content through that, um, how do you make sure that, you know, you're resonating the most with, you know, prospects, potential customers? Yeah, I would be lying to tell you if I even had a TikTok account. So uh, <laughs> I am not the social media manager. Uh, I do know she does a hell of a job. Uh, but right now, our, our core strategy is build that organic audience, post three times a day, um, which kind of goes against the putting out content for content sakes, but it does seem like whenever we put more content out, we get a ton of engagement and we grow that following. And it's the one platform that's rewarding post people posting at a consistency. So we're doing that. And then I'll also tell you that we are paying an agency, uh, a monthly structure where they hook us up with like three or four, like banging influencers who normally would not respond back or conversation just wouldn't, we try to do it in house and it just, where we weren't seeing the ROI for our people's time and we weren't getting the deliverables met. So we now work with an agency uh, and they source a few pieces of content per month for us. Those pieces of content like really move the needle. Like it's almost hundred percent like going viral in a, a sense. And we're seeing our followers like scale up a couple thousand every month, which we're happy with. 
Wow, that's fantastic growth. And I mean, the influencer marketing is nuts. Even yeah. the the amount of like uh, songs that have just been getting popular through TikTok, the way that you see all these record labels, you know, utilizing them to, you know, make sure you share this song with every yeah. video you post next. Here's a quick grand, you know, appreciate yeah. your time. And that's an interesting thing we've actually been working on behind the scenes that most people don't know about. If you are a verified brand, uh, if you get verified on TikTok, you can't run TikTok ads with the trending popular songs. Really? Very interesting. Oh we my don't God. Allow you to do that. So you can't put paid dollars or behind somebody else's music. Wow. So that's been a, a debate back and forth because a lot of the trending songs get your shit viral. So yeah. if you want to yeah. get the blue check for clout and maybe better conversion, we uh -huh. lose that on the songs. So it's like, oh pick your poison. Yeah, That's Instagram so did that too. Yeah. If you're a business page, you can't use that music. Yep. So that's an interesting uh, internal debate right now. Do we go for the check and figure out another way to go viral, or do we just say no check mark for now and keep going at the way we have been? Yeah, for sure. And I feel no. like as long as you're not like infringing on any copyrights, you know, staying under, you know, X amount of time. I mean, TikToks for the most part are only so long anyway. It's surprising mm -hmm. that they'd take that away especially for people who are expanding their platform more than yeah. anyone else on the web is expanding their platform yeah yeah it's frustrating that's what oh we've been doing yeah that's a wild <laughs> hurdle i did i can't believe that that i'm just like kind of mind blown by that it doesn't mm -hmm. seem it doesn't seem like it's even beneficial for TikTok itself as a platform to be doing yeah. something along those lines mm -hmm. and like we want to spend money you know like but we also got to right do it like that's the way to grow sadly it's like what you're talking about with instagram it's like we're not going to put our money and time into this if it's not going to help evolve us in the best way and if you exactly. need to be knowledgeable of those things back and forth cross-platform it it you know you can yeah. find a new way to do it because obviously you've already found a way to do it in the first place you guys started with exactly 10k and no following it yeah it was so interesting so like our our posts don't get the best engagement on instagram hence why we're moving away to TikTok. But there was a flaw a few weeks ago where if you made a campaign, if you made a post and you tagged a donation. So if you said, hey, uh, this post is going to raise money to malaria, right? It put it at the top of the newsfeed and reversed Instagram's algorithm to where it used to be chronological. And we, it only happened for 72 hours. It was like this glitch. Our, our posts were just going crazy. Like that hundred thousands views, like <laughs> so many comments, more comments on one post than we get in like 10 months on Instagram. And it was like, Oh my God, it could actually be for our account. If it was just back to chronological order and not the stupid new way. So it was like a 72 hour glitch and it was so <laughs> amazing to see, but yeah, they took it away. That's wild. And I, I actually know yeah. you guys have done some great work. Um, I saw recently 20,000 you raised and for food donated in Guatemala yeah. and then a, hundreds of cross nets as well. That's fantastic, man. Good for yeah, you guys. Yeah. We had a, a nice little team trip out there. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's really sad. Those people live off pennies a day. Like this one lady we met, wow. like only makes $2 a day for a family of four. Um, yeah. So we just went, we donated a bunch of cash. Bought, like we raided the the grocery store, gave it all back. Uh, gave Good for you. Cross nets, soccer nets. Yeah. Played with the kids. It was cool. Yeah. It was a, and then we bought some guy a car. Uh, that was a really cool feeling. So, Holy cow. Oh yeah. That was, that was a good trip. So yeah, we had a fun time.
No kidding. And those That's those charitable that. initiatives are fantastic. It seems like because mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are still, like you said, you know, pretty young here and still staying lean. That obviously is something that has to be at the forefront of, you know, just the mission and everything you guys are trying to get accomplished. Yeah, no, absolutely. We don't even have a mission statement, to be honest, but it's just like <laughs> we just want to do do good. Like, you know, like we we grew up pretty broke, like I said. So if we have an opportunity to help somebody else more broke like let's do it let's do it so yeah, yeah. it's just awesome to see like their faces like this one mom reminded me of my mom so much like so badly and her husband deserted her and she had these kids and she literally made tortillas every single day and uh that's how she fed her family and we gave her 80 dollars, and she like broke down on the floor crying like that was her money for like the next six months and it was just like oh my gosh yeah seeing her face was like everything that's, that's cool. oh my god that's incredible that's <laughs> yeah. off to you guys that's yeah, incredible. It was awesome yeah. oh my gosh i don't even know how to like eh, like now like go back and like ask to our youtube series so yeah we filmed a lot of that so that's cool that's awesome no seriously yeah. that's wonderful that you guys did that Thank you. So I saw a, um, I kind of did some, some sleuthing and I saw a interview that you did about like a year ago and you were talking about making changes to your homepage, which I know that those changes were made because I saw the updates. Mm -hmm. So what, um, how, like what impact did you see from adding in that educational aspect onto the homepage? Like what, did you yeah. see growth from that? We got, we got a new website actually dropping uh, in two weeks too. So we no way again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, when we when we went education heavy, a lot of our our core issues with CrossNet are people setting it up improperly, or people okay. playing the wrong way. And if we want education and we want the sport to grow, we need mm-hmm. to like cut the mistakes where they're happening. Uh, so by providing that education, so. Yeah. Uh, that's why we have that on have that on the website. That's why we lead with education on how to play properly, because that's going to mm-hmm. make people play the right way and spread the sport. Uh, but also by having that uh, physical education classrooms is a huge like uh, it's like a gateway thing, right? Like we're in 10,000 schools. You now have hundreds of kids playing cross net in gym class every day. They go home and ask mom and dad. And if the teachers aren't playing the right way or teaching it the right way, then there's no mm-hmm. no way they're going to come home and ask mom and dad to get it for Christmas. So that's that's education. Um, have a nice lead form on the website. We'll get a few leads every day for gym teachers. Uh, we just we use like Power, which is an app that's really cheap. And uh, yeah, we forward those over to uh, our salespeople to close. That's wow. so cool that you guys are in schools. How did that come about? How did that start? Yeah, um, just seemed like... So first I had a, a high school buddy who's a gym teacher back home. And I was just like, yo, like walk me through, like, how do you buy stuff? Like, how does that work? And like, how much money do you have? Like, when do you need to spend it? And he's like, oh, dude, like typically we just get these catalogs. Uh, and so there's catalogs called Gopher and Flaghouse and Toledo, SNS. 99.99% of the world do not know these exist. Neither did I. And uh, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You get a big catalog with stuff in it. So went directly to the source, kind of the same mantra of what I did at Walmart and Dick's is, yo, this makes a lot of sense for gym classes, right? Like, I wish I had this, uh, start negotiating deals. And then from there, we got like, it's like a 700 page catalog. We're front and center on the homepage, like the first page of the catalog, new product, CrossNet. And so they just place purchase order after purchase order. Now they're buying like 
hundreds at a time every few weeks. So yeah, it works out. And all, all the gym teachers go there rather than me having to spend my time like going after them. Yeah. Yeah. Sufficient. That's (laughs) crazy. Cause I was going to ask you, you know, how did that work in terms of outreach, but able to, you know, literally cut a corner there and be able to make sure that you're still reaching that mass amount of exactly who you need to be reaching out to. Exactly. Yeah. Let them do the work. And then obviously we'll close the deals on our end when we can, uh, because you get better margin, but right, uh, yeah, yeah. If they're buying in bulk and the and the cash terms are good, like just go with that and the easy work for now when we're a small company. I don't know necessarily how the the order tracking is going through that, but is it um, largely where you're just you know you're tracking schools, you're seeing a bunch of schools come through and purchase it, or is it kind of through district where you try and get more lump sum of maybe three four schools together? Yeah, so right, it's a few different things. So it's definitely by district when we can. Uh, typically it's more like a one-off message from a gym teacher or it could be from like a YMCA. And then on the gopher, the flag house side, we'll just send thousands of units every few months and then they'll take care of the ordering from the schools. So we don't actually get the customer data, which is a pain point for us, just like retail. Uh, but we do get like insights into the sales. That's awesome. And you guys obviously are just picking up traction you know, like I said, you guys are on the rocket ship. You're growing. Um, you guys have had appearances today show. Um, like I had mentioned previously, mentioned in Forbes, being mentioned in Barstool Sports. You know, it, it's incredible, honestly. I mean, some not so low key ways to get mentioned and get good PR out there. Um, and with that amount of PR you guys have been getting, you know, um, can you elaborate on whether, you know, the the success that these appearances have brought you, you know, is they're a bit measurable behind it or is it a bit more intangible? Kind of like you mentioned with a lot of the, uh, you know, the more location marketing. Yeah, honestly, the vanity metric in my eyes, I think it's all just for personal clout. Uh, it's nice to say you have it. I don't think it really moves the needle too much when they, when they are direct appearances to sell the product at like a discount, like a good morning America or QVC. Yeah. Of course there's an ROI attached to that and we're making money. We're making a lot of money quick. When it's something like Dave Portnoy from Barstool is talking about crossing out on the podcast, like that's cool because I got my friends or my high school friends or girls. Yeah. Are one- <laughs> 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 hey, you saw CrossNet, right? Like cool, but like it doesn't move the needle. And honestly, a lot of those things are expensive and just a cash burn. However, I don't know if I'm on this podcast now because you saw Barstool with the logo on CrossNet's website and you're like, okay, they are legit. So I don't know how much behind the scenes it's influencing. How much is it influencing the next buyer to come on, like come talk to me because he saw the view or the Good Morning America or the talk or Ellen show or whatever. In the moment, it's a cash burn and it sucks. It's nice to have. unless, But in the future, I have no idea, just like the billboards, how much it's truly impacting. As long as it's not making me spend too much money and I'm like burning cash, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And it's interesting. And it's good that you have that perspective, because I think especially young people, especially the social media generation, you know, you get mentioned in some of these really prestigious places and it's easy to get to your head and and make it think that it's doing something it's not and being able to take a step back and just being like, yeah, well, like, what money am I making on this? And what is this doing for the brand? Like, might be dope for a second. You might be getting, getting that clout that you wouldn't have got from necessarily sales you're making to gym teachers, but yeah. you know, it's a, uh, it's crazy. And I think that, you know, speaks a lot to the humble and like, just 
hungry approach you guys have. I mean, well, it's just, I, I think it also speaks to venture capital and like what it's doing to entrepreneurship. Like people just have so much money to burn these days on stuff and they don't have, they don't have any, sorry, VC world. Like you don't have risks, right? You're just burning people's money every month right. and doing things that look cool. And then your, your PL shows that you're losing $20 million a month. Like that's not a business. Like take my credit card and go to Louis Vuitton. Like if that's the business you want to go, like, I, I don't know. I, I very much look down on those type of businesses that are product focused and just burning cash and burning other people's cash. There's no responsibility there. So like I'm in the business of making a profit every single day. And if I'm not like screwing up. Absolutely. So I want this, this question is kind of like, it goes back to what we were talking about um, before when you first created CrossNet. Um, did you intend for it to be like a social distance good for the pandemic thing? Yeah, not at all. I got very lucky. Um, when, when that happened, our uh, our sales increased 500%. We were literally going like 30, wow. 30 units a day to like, dude, it was nuts. Some days were 500 units. We couldn't keep up. Holy cow. And, uh, oh my yeah, God. we were back ordered for like four months. Couldn't make enough product. Yeah, it was a, a lot of learning lessons on customer service and, and just doing the right thing versus marketing. And when you're making money, it's it's addicting. But when you're not doing the right thing to your customers, it's also pretty shitty. So it's a yeah. fine, yeah. fine balance, um, which we've learned the hard way. And we've learned very good lessons, but also taking advantage of it. And it's kind of, it's kind of sweet that the net's 12 feet. So each square six foot by six foot. So that kind of played into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You lined it up perfectly. Yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> Another foot you would have been off, man. <laughs> exactly. I'll, you know, I can, I can understand that for sure from scalability where you just, it, the boom happens and all of a sudden it's mm -hmm. taking off the product. Yeah. It's getting a lot of traction. Obviously there's been, you know, just a lot of supply chain issues really just kind of internationally at this point in regard to all sorts of product, different industries. Have you guys, you know, been able to handle that pretty well? Has it been something that day to day is, you know, kind of top yeah. of mind? Yeah, it, it was very challenging the last few months. We finally got all our shipments in. So we're, we're well stocked up for a few months, thankfully. Have we overpaid for that inventory? Uh, absolutely. Uh, cargo rates are ridiculous, as you guys are aware of. We've probably paid, on average, an extra $3 per unit in COGS just to land it, which sucks. But it, we're a $150 product, so we got margin. Yeah. Um, one one crappy situation was we launched CrossNet H2O, which is our water product. So CrossNet right. water in the summer. And uh, I don't want to say we underestimated ourselves, but we had 5,000 units. Like, I thought that was, all right, that's a good amount of money. Like, we're making it. It'll take some time. We sold those out within, like, two weeks. And so we took all that cash and, like, we rush ordered. And they started making them really quickly. But then they sat on a boat for, like, four months. And we couldn't get them off the boat in Long Beach. So we had customers like, yo, you're going to get your order like July 1st. Boat's still sitting there until like November. So it's like, and, and you're doing communication with the customers, but nobody like, nobody understands the world. And rightfully so, mm -hmm. everybody just wants their shit when they order their shit. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I, I, they're like, I want my stuff. I paid for it. Like, and nobody cares about your sob story unless you're a real entrepreneur, which is, not the majority of the world. So mm -hmm. that was one crappy situation. We are stocked on H2O, go buy them. We got more than enough. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think had we, uh, had we had ample stock and supply chain issues weren't a, an issue, uh, probably lost out on like $3 million this year, which sucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, next 
Yeah, tough pill to swallow. <laughs> Keep going yeah. forward. And I mean, that's that's crazy to me. It, and it's just the to your point, the instantaneousness of everything. You know, it's I want it. I ordered it yesterday. I want it today. I was going to play with it tomorrow with my family. Like, yeah, exactly. it, it's just it's so, so quick going straight across. Um, but I don't know. It, it's been crazy. I, I was very curious about that question because I've just been reading about supply chain shortage recently and how all these companies are going to try and overcome it, especially going into the holidays. But, you know, it sounds like you guys are pretty stocked up and ready to go. Yeah, thankfully. I mean, the, the containers are getting cheaper, which is better. There's really like a, a monopoly on containers. I was reading about this one company that's literally charging like 5x what they used to cost because they can. And they're, wow. there's not there's not containers. If you want the containers, pay the premium. And Apple and Pepsi and all them are going to pay the premium because they need the product. So the little fish like us get screwed, but it's their world. Like we need our stuff, you know, we got to right. do what we got to do. So as you continue to grow and as the world's opening up, we're getting more and more events. Um, what is a big important part for marketing those events for CrossNet? So last year was all about growing the sport and mm-hmm. trying to do that. And we found that we were pushing the, the cart before the horse, like, Sports take a long time and all of us in this phone world, we like to live in like instant gratification land, which is cool. But like you can't build a sport in three years. Like you get some viral videos, but you can't build a sport where people are going out and actually like doing it that quickly. It just takes time. Like spike ball took 10, 15 years to do it. So if we're trying to, if we're beating them on monetary goals, that's beautiful. But if we're, it's just not there yet. Right. So rather than spending money and burning cash to grow a sport that needs to happen really organically, let's, let's go more ROI focused. Let's go to the event shows. Let's go to the trade shows. Let's go to the ones with gym classes and gym teachers, YMCA camps, all of that. Uh, so all of our events next year will be more focused on revenue generation and brand building within classrooms rather than we were at like probably 20 music festivals this year, which is cool because we got like the VIP bracelets, but like that, what does it really do? You know, like I would have rather just pay like a street team to go into the festival and set one up than waste like five grand on like a booth that doesn't do anything. So more mm-hmm. ROI focused things rather than brand building. Cause we kind of started when you start making more cash and you have more cash in your bank account, you start thinking you're larger than life and you kind of like got to like set back and humble yourself and be like, all right, you can do brand activities. Those are great, but we're not a Pepsi. Like we can't be buying these big billboards and buying stupid stuff with our money. Cause we're still a bootstrap company. So mm-hmm. less brand, more ROI focused events. Absolutely. So Chris, you mentioned you guys have some exciting things coming up here. What um, are you working on for the rest of the year? Yeah, so next week, actually, we go live uh, with our Kickstarter, CrossNet for Soccer. Uh, We've been working on it for about four years now. We all grew up playing soccer. Like, that's how we met the founders. So, yeah, literally almost every week, we're like, all right, when's the soccer version coming out? When's the soccer version coming out? Like, work on your juggling, your heading, like, trapping, all of that. So it's CrossNet on the ground, sets up, like, super quick. Should be a great, like, skills training tool for gym classes and for coaches and for teams. So. Really excited that live on Kickstarter, November 15th uh, to December 15th. That's awesome. That's going to be fantastic. Um, it's always, I was curious how you guys have been looking to evolve your product as you go along here. And was the soccer thing, obviously you said grew up playing it, was it pretty organic for you guys to be like, all right, like let's start kicking this thing around? Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, we've, 
we've had football people and like soccer players use it. So I was like, all right, they're struggling at the high net. Like let's, let's make them a soccer version. And it just seems good. Like the biggest thing we see is like LTV, right? Like how do we extend like our customer journey with us? Why, how do we get them to keep coming back? And most people play multiple sports. So why not offer them a product for multiple sports? Yeah, that's fantastic. I love it. Not business related question. Who's the best performer you saw at one of the the shows this, this year? <laughs> um, I, I just saw the strokes uh, and wanting to see the strokes for a long time. So. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> strokes, strokes, strokes are pretty dope. I love Krangbin too. So Krangbin was good. Um, yeah, those are top two this year. Okay, for sure. Cool. Well, Chris, we appreciate you coming on today, man. This has been fantastic and some insight, um, particularly into, you know, marketing and scalability as you guys continue to take off. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you. Um, if you guys don't know, make sure to go follow uh, at CrossNet Game, at Chris Mead, um, you know, be able to get some numbers up a little bit. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. We hope to see you back in the next few weeks. The next episode that you can expect is with our guest, Mike Petritus. He is the founder and owner of Elix Marketing, and he has some awesome insight to share with all of you that we just can't wait. So thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to share this podcast, subscribe. We want to keep making these for you guys, and that's how we can make it happen. Thank you so much.